0: Dude, we are going to energise the country. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. The independence case is a powerful one. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to The Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex Serbiak, a professor of politics at the University of Sussex, to discuss a new piece that he has written uh, for The Spectator, pole position. The war is redefining Poland's place in the world on Poland's role in the current conflict that is occurring in Ukraine between Russia and Ukraine. Welcome to the podcast, Alex.
1: Hello, Will. Thanks for inviting me.
0: It's great to have you on. Now, the first question um, that I'd like to ask is about uh, Poland's governing party, the Law and Justice Party. Um, Now, they are obviously viewed uh, somewhat differently, internally within Poland as they are viewed um, externally in the rest of the world, in the EU and in the United States. Um, Could you just uh, explain to our listeners what the difference is in terms of how um, the Law and Justice Party are viewed in Poland as versus how they're viewed in the rest of Europe?
1: Well, I think that the first thing to, to bear in mind here is that the, the Polish political scene is, is also very divided and, mm. and polarized. Um so um there is there are lots of different views um about the, the law and justice party, and including people who are very strong supporters of it through to you know very large numbers of Poles um who are who are opponents of it. Um I think that um within Poland really there is a, a, a the big division really dates back to, um, or is rooted in uh, how people view the process of post-communist transformation. And the the, the, um, the, the the main sort of ruling elites, if you like, the most of the governments up till law and justice came to power in 2015, really saw Poland um, as, as, as a great success story. And um, mm. um, the, the embedding of, of liberal democracy, a very successful transition. Um, to a capitalist market economy, um, the rooting of of Poland in um, Western international organisations, the EU and and NATO. Um, Whereas law and justice um, came to office in in 2015 with a very strong critique of um, the the nature of the Polish transition from from communism to to democracy and of the elites that uh, emerged from it. uh, the elite bargain uh, which ended the, the the between the the outgoing communist regime and, and, and the opposition which is is hailed by the post communist polish elites as as a kind of model of transition um is is seen as having produced um, a, a set of elites that's that's you know very well entrenched in some senses almost corrupt um, and um, the processes that um, uh, and, and institutions that that require far-reaching reform. Um, and uh, together with that, the argument is that, that although you know Poland may have done very well economically in terms of macroeconomic growth, there are large numbers of poles that that sort of didn't. Benefit from this when you go go out, or, or at least not to the same extent. You go out from the you know large urban areas mm. to provincial small towns, uh, Poland. Then um, that those benefits are much less evenly distributed, um, and that's really where law and justice base is based. And it's also a question of values here as well. I think mm-hmm. because there is a the idea that that the values that um, that the post communist ruling elites. Held, it's kind of liberal values, if you like, and that includes kind of cultural liberalism, um, also kind of held in contempt the values held by ordinary Poles, which were much more kind of traditional, culturally conservative. So it's about, you know, redistributing um, the gain, the economic gains, I suppose, from transition, but also about redistributing prestige. Um, so, and, and obviously, polls are very, very divided on this. You know, a lot of polls obviously agree with law and justice enough to have it elected mm. twice, um, but also a lot of them, them, them disagree about it. So, now in terms of internationally, um, so law and justice, apart in addition to critiquing the nature of the Polish transition domestically, also critique the approach of um, governments. Um, up until 2015 um, in terms of their international relations. I mean, it didn't question the, the orientation of, of, of Poland towards the West. But what it did argue, or, or does argue, is that the, the Polish governments up until 2015, when they took power, were insufficiently robust in standing up for, for Poland's interests. that they paid too much attention to trying identity. identify locate Poland with what you might call the European mainstream, mm-hmm. the EU political establishment, the major European powers, and at the cost of standing up for Poland's interests in areas where those interests clash with the, 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 the EU mainstream. So in in some ways, that was inevitably going to bring it into, into conflict with, um, with the EU political establishment, a different approach to foreign policy. But also the other reason why the law and justice government has had a problematic relationship with the EU political establishment, is because the EU political establishment agrees with the critique that the Polish opposition and the Polish, um, a lot of the Polish kind of legal establishment, the legal elites have made of um, a lot of the, the reforms, and particularly the judicial reforms that have been introduced by the, the law and justice government. Mm. Um, they agree with their critique, uh, which is that, that these have. Um, undermines the rule of law by by, um, um, threatening judicial independence, whereas, of course, law and justice completely rejects this and argues that the reforms that it's introducing are absolutely necessary because of the the nature of the judiciary and, indeed, other state institutions, but the judiciary is critical, that that have emerged um, as a result of what it sees as a flawed transition um, from, from communism to democracy.
0: Mm. In, in terms of um, the, the, the sort of the cultural um, conservatism that you mentioned there, part of that, of course, is um, wrapped up in the um, dominance of um, the Catholic faith throughout um, Poland and um, partic- particularly, in, as, as you mentioned, the um, rural areas of the country. I mean, how influential do you think politics and um, religion are in in terms of being intertwined in um, the minds of many Polish people, because there does seem to be, at least from um, an an outsider's perspective, a great deal of emphasis on the status of the Catholic church within um, Polish sort of um, conservative circles.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I I think that's right. And and this is obviously critical to to understanding of the political situation in Poland and the nature of, of the Law and Justice Party and 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 of its electorate. Um I mean, just to give you some perspective, um I mean Poland is in the context of a of a secularizing Europe, um, a, a, a very religious country. Um, I mean, you know, something like 90% of of, of Poles identify as Catholics, but really a a better indicator is the fact that, you know, something like 40% of Poles still attend um, mass at least once a week. So if you want to use that as a kind of a proxy for religiosity, and, and it's probably quite a useful one, certainly in terms of cultural identification, if not necessarily with agreeing with every element of, of, of Catholic teaching, you know, that on, on, on a European um, basis is very high, you know, 40% of Poles attending mass every week. Um, and uh, similarly, although, you know, they don't agree with the church's teaching on, on you know, everything, on the, like, divorce, contraception, um, uh, Poles are kind of um, relatively socially conservative um, on, on, on a lot of issues. Um, like sexual morality, for, for example, the attitudes towards, you know, legal recognition of, of same-sex couples or <coughs> abortion. Um, and in particular, uh, law and justice's social base um, in provincial small-town Poland is, is much more religious um, than um, Poles in uh, the bigger cities. Um, and, and indeed, um, it's, it's a much older electorate, it's a much less well-off electorate and the kind of secularizing elements within Poland are people who live in urban areas, the better off, the better educated, and in particular, young people. So it's a very, very important element of its electoral base, um, but also of its ideology. Um, but I think there's there's something important to bear in mind here, which is, you know, it's not a simple transmission belt. Um, you know, the church says this, the law and justice government says that actually the relationship between the church and law and justice is is quite complicated for a number of reasons. One is that that um, although most polls identify as Catholics and a lot of them are are you know very religious in terms of attending mass every week, there's also a lot of hostility to um, the church's explicit and overt involvement. In um, public life and 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 in politics, so even people who you know are quite devout Catholics don't like the idea of the Church as an explicitly political actor. And therefore, what law and justice says is that um, rather than forming a kind of an alliance, if you like, with 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 the Church between the you know the throne and the altar, if you want to use that expression, they talk much more about first of all how they are informed by. Christian values, Catholic values. They talk about the, the important kind of historical links between um, Polishness and Catholicism. They talk a lot about, you know, Poland's role as a kind of bulwark um, for Christianity in a, in a secularising Europe. And they talk a lot about how, and this is coming back to my earlier point, how they represent people who, um, whose views have been ignored and treated um, with contempt. Um, so if you like, you know, they will say that the, the liberal elites who have, have dominated Polish politics until we came to power um, treats, you know, ordinary provincial small town polls as, you know, a kind of basket of deplorables, mm. if you like, um, to use Hillary Clinton's um, infamous phrase, whereas we respect the values of these people and and there's a a particular phrase that sometimes people use which is they they talk about the redistribution of prestige Um, and this is in many ways the the, the key to understanding a lot of what the Law and Justice Party is doing. It's partly about redistributing um, the gains from economic transition, kind of massive social welfare programs that the parties introduced and this incidentally, is another reason why it's cautious about being too religious uh, in its appeal, because some of the people who vote for it, vote for it primarily because of its economic program. It's, it's left-wing redistributionist um, economic program. I, I, I hasten to add. Um, but also because it, it, it doesn't just redistribute wealth, if you like, it redistributes prestige. Um, and 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 praise due respect, if you like, to, or, or that this is its pitch, to people who um have been ignored, have been marginalized, treated with contempt because they hold traditional um, socially conservative views on moral cultural issues, and also are more religious um, and, and identify much more with, with with the church and its teaching um, and with its values.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, One point that I think is is particularly interesting that has been noted in um, recent days has, of course, been uh, Poland's reaction to Ukrainian refugees. Poland has admitted more um, refugees from Ukraine into Poland than any other um, country at the moment. Now, I mean, how much do you think that is motivated by Poland's historic relationship with Russia, which... Um, not just during the the days of the the Warsaw Pact and and, and the USSR, but even going further back to the days of the the, um, Russian Empire and the partitions of Poland has been one in which many Polish people have uh, feared Russia. Do you think that that is the primary motivation between um, the embracing of Ukrainian uh, refugees, or do you think that it's Part of a means of Poland demonstrating that it is a, a very important player in European politics, and demonstrating to other nations um, that both in the EU and outside of it that it is a major um, player in, in, in European domestic politics.
1: Well, I, I think the second factor is is um, uh, a, 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 one of the benefits that, that that Poland derives from its its very positive. Reaction to um, the large numbers mm-hmm. of, of Ukrainian refugees that have come, but I, I wouldn't say that's 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 the motivation, mm-hmm. and it's certainly not about um, uh, the the geopolitical. Uh, it, its reaction to the re- refugee crisis specifically is not driven by um, historical attitudes towards Russia or geopolitical considerations. In in in, in that sense, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the, the first thing you Id- you identify is is very important. Um, and and it is very important in terms of shaping. So here we're talking about you know historical attitudes towards Russia in terms of shaping Poland's historical memory and the impact that that has on um, Polish foreign policy and 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 its approach towards Moscow and Russia. I mean you're absolutely right. You know I mean historically, um, it's um, a, a very very problematic relationship. I mean you know going back hundreds of years. Um, and this is a lot of it's to do with, you know, Poland's kind of physical geography and, and its mm. geographical location. I mean, where Poland is located, um, you know, between Germany and, and Russia, historically, I mean, it has thrived. I mean, never mind, thrived, it's 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 survived, you know, when the, when those two countries have been at, at odds with each other. Um, and, and every time that, that they've combined and, and had an alliance. Um, uh, it's been very very problematic for Poland indeed you know it's been wiped off the map in, 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 at the end of the, the 18th century um, and then again um, during the the, the the second world War. and that's also, as I say to do with Poland's physical geography, which is you know it doesn't have any natural um, uh, some sort of barriers, defenses you know the map there are lots of mountains in Poland, but they're all on the south in you know, mm. border with the Czech Republic and Slovakia who you know, tended not to get into wars with us. Um, so you know that, those those historical factors. Um, you know, as you say, that the period of of, of of partition during the end of the 17th century, 18th century, beginning of the 19th century, when you know Russia occupied significant parts of Poland. Again, you know, when Poland regained its independence in 1918, the first thing it was engaged in was an existential struggle for its existence against you know kind of Soviet Russia. And my granddad fought in that. Um, in um, the Russo-Polish War, and then again, you know, Russia invaded, or Soviet Russia again invaded Poland in, in alliance with, with, with Hitler um, in 1939, um, as a result of which, you know, my father was deported and sent to Siberia, and, um, and then obviously after the Second World War, um, although, you know, formerly an independent state, it was part of the, the Soviet bloc, Soviet empire, if you want to use those those terms. So, you know, I think those factors are very, very important in terms of, you know, shaping Polish historical memory, um, and, and 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 shaping the kind of the, the broad contours of, of Poland's approach to um, Eastern policy, if you like, and, and and its relations with with Moscow. I don't think they're that significant in terms of um, Polish reactions to. Um, the, uh, the 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 refugee crisis. Mm. Um, I, I think this is simply, in my view, a basic humanitarian impulse, mm. um, which is you know you've got millions of people, and, and we are now talking about millions of people, mm. you know, who are fleeing um, a conflict situation, and we are you know the the first safe haven um, for 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 these people. Um, so you know, it's it's just a basic kind of humanitarian impulse really and poland you know it's got the large land border with um ukraine and you know it's inevitably where a lot of people are going to go you know it's a very large country on, on the border incidentally there, there's actually a lot of ukrainians already living in poland um which you know many people are not aware of um i think there's there's at least a million ukrainians who um moved to poland uh, in, in 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 recent years i mean partly again you know these were people who were, were 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 displaced as a result of the mm. the 2014 um conflicts with 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 russia but but also but most of them are are, are economic migrants i mean they're people who've moved to poland to fill labor shortages and um, that were created as a result of <laughs> a lot of Poles France. coming to to britain i mean ukrainians mm. in poland do the jobs that, that a lot of Poles in britain do and, catering hospitality and you know, on building sites in in, in some cases in, in the health service, although there are problems with Ukrainian qualifications sometimes there. Um, so you know there are kind of large networks of, of Ukrainians that, that that already live, I mean over a million people, some estimates are even higher than that, you know, even even before this. So you know, I mean it, it's very, very simple. It's it's a basic kind of humanitarian impulse which has driven you know the Polish government and and a lot of Ordinary Poles and, and Polish civil society um, to 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 embrace, you know, a you know huge numbers of people, the largest migration or refugee movement since the Second World War.
0: Hmm. Do you think that um, as the war continues and it's been been going on, um, the invasion uh, for about twenty days now, do you think that this is going to drive Poland more towards? Uh, the European Union or NATO. Or do you think that those people who were suggesting that uh, Poland might be driven more towards the uh EU and, and NATO are somewhat underestimating the feelings in Poland in regards to both the EU and NATO?
1: Well uh, I think it's I think it's it's worth separating out um the EU and NATO mm-hmm. here. I mean there there there's never any real debate about you know whether Poland should be a member of of NATO in, in in the was in the way that there was in in some of these countries at the time of of eastward enlargement. I mean, some of these countries were you know much more divided and and, and particularly in terms of public opinion. I mean, in, in most countries, people did want to join NATO. It was demand driven. You yeah. know, in every country in Eastern Europe that that that, that, that joined NATO, um, but in Poland, um, uh, there was really no debate about it at all. Um, I mean, the numbers in favour of, you know, NATO membership were something like, you know, over 90, 95% or something like that. So it's it, it, it's not really a, a question of debate. And, I mean, you know, basically every Polish political party, every Polish government has had as a priority strengthening the NATO presence on mm. Poland's, um, uh, in, in, within Poland as part of NATO's Eastern Flank. so you know i mean the you know the polish dream is permanent american military bases in um uh, in on polish territory um i mean the the, the government even tried to, to sort of appeal to donald trump's vanity by saying it, <laughs> they will call it fort trump you know if that would help basically but 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 um uh, uh, and you know, whereas at the moment there are rotational troops in in the in in, in the US, there are you know they they I mean they couldn't fight a defensive war. Yep. They they're what's called a tripwire. You know that's that's their presence there. So NATO is there is no question about you know the United States has always been seen as. Um, the, the, the alliance with the United States, which, which is, is very, very strong mm. in Poland. And again, there are historical routes to this going back. You know, you can go back to the 19th century, to the Polish migration to the United States. You can look at the fact that, you know, the United States, would one of Woodrow Wilson's mm. 14 points, number 13, I think it was, was an independent Poland um, after the First World War, to the, you know, um, uh, relationship with, you know, Ronald Reagan, who's absolutely revered in Poland, during the Cold War Um, uh, and and, and now the fact that, you know, the United States has seen or has been seen as, you know, the only serious sort of military actor in the world. You know, if you're in a punch up, you want the United States there. So, you know, it's kind of completely unquestioned. Um, The the relationship with the EU is is, um, more complicated, certainly since the the law and justice Mm. government has been in power. Um, I mean, basically the law and justice is it, it, it's it sometimes characterised as a as a eurosceptic party, in, in, including by myself. It's a term that I've used, but I'd use, but I would describe it more as a kind of a soft eurosceptic party, which is it, it's a party that's that's kind of uncomfortable with the trajectory of of some aspects of the European project towards mm. more federalization. So they have a kind of a, vis, a vision of a more kind of intergovernmental. Um, uh, you know, kind of anti-federalist view of of, of the EU, um, but you know they don't question Polish EU membership. You know, this there's, this there's, mm. it's, it's it's not questioned. I think their their approach to the EU is, is is kind of twofold really. They have a kind of twin-track strategy, which is on the one hand they accept. That there are areas where there are going to be disagreements between the polish government and the eu political establishment on things like moral cultural issues for example where you know poland's view of things like you know multiculturalism or um, abortion or legal recognition of you know same-sex relationships um, is, is very different it stands well outside the kind of the european the west european Um, mainstream if you like or or certainly the the view of the cultural and political elites in Western Europe Um, it, it, it appreciates the fact or it accepts the fact it doesn't appreciate it but it accepts the fact that the EU political establishment agrees with its domestic opponents in its assessment of the rule of law, the judicial reforms, things like that. I mean, it obviously it, it disagrees with, with that and it argues its case, but it, it, it come it's come to terms with the fact that you know that they that they take a different view of this. However, um its argument is that those disagreements should not stop Poland from cooperating with the EU political establishment on the really important areas and the kind of the day-to-day areas of of sort of politics. In that sense, they say, in spite of all of these differences, Poland is is a good European, Okay, We are a positive and constructive EU member. And their argument would be here that, you know, and and the the current crisis highlights this, because, you know, the, the, the current crisis shows what's really important. And, you know, what's really important is um, the West uniting um, and, and coming together and having a very robust response to, you know, Russian aggression, Russian imperialism. And, you know, we're kind of very tough sanctions, you know, isolating the Moscow. And, you know, we've always been, they say, you know, we've always been at the, the forefront of this and we're taking, you know, a leading role at the moment. And, you know, Poland is playing an absolutely critical role in terms of 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 the international response to 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 the russian invasion so they would say you know this is a a prime example of 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 how our relations with with the eu should work or 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 are working you know we distinguish these issues which you know we see as kind of second order in, in in a sense moral cultural issues disagreements about the rule of law from the really important issues Day-to-day cooperation on, on economic issues, but also, you know, critically on these kind of security issues.
0: We're coming towards um the end of the podcast now. It's been uh, fantastic to have you on, Alex. And I have one uh final question for you. We have, of course, been discussing um Polish politics, but Poland also has a rich um cultural and um, uh, cuisine, and and has a a, a rich tradition of um, food and and events and paintings and films. So if you could pick uh, one Polish dish or one Polish uh, work of art that is not as well recognized around the world as it should be, and you could make that uh, piece of art or, or dish better known around the world, what one thing would you pick? to make better nerve.
1: Uh-huh, now you put me <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> so, because I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be a, um, a, a political scientist, not a, a cultural historian. So um, I would say um, that um, if you haven't already tried it, I would I would have some pierogi basically, you know, they are fantastic mm. and um, uh, there are lots of different flavors. You've got, and my favorite one is sauerkraut and, and mushroom. Um, although a wild mushroom uh so um but you know there's lots of um uh, there's lots of other ones there's meat ones mm. uh, there's there's what's called russian pierogi uh, and yeah. which uh, uh, they have uh, which i don't know whether uh, there's probably some people boycotting those now they're <laughs> the ones which you have potatoes because of course you can't get any meat in russia mm-hmm. that was always the the big joke okay. in poland so i would i would suggest that you. Um, try these. You can do worse, really, um, if you want to kind of understand Poland um, and where it's come from, than to read up about the life of Pope John Paul II. Um, Mm And uh, uh, there were, um, uh, there have been, you know, a number of films made about him, and and there's a a really good biography by George Weigel. Um, And uh, I mean, not only is, you know, I mean, John Paul II incredibly important um, significance, significant. Uh, individual in, in, in 20th century history. Um, but, you know, he's absolutely critical. If you want to kind of understand modern Poland, modern Polish history, going back to, you know, the Second World War, the struggle against communism. Um, and then, you know, even if you don't agree with it, you know, some of his critiques of, um, uh, of, of you know, post-communism in the early days, I'd say you don't, even if you don't agree with him, and a lot of people don't, um, then, uh, you know, in terms of understanding, mentality of 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 a lot of Poles, particularly when you go outside the kind of rural uh, other you know built-up urban areas. Um, And my advice to anybody who goes to Poland is get outside, I mean the Polish cities are amazing. You know, you can the architecture and 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 the history is 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 fantastic. There's even nice bits to Warsaw if you look quite carefully. Um, But but my advice is you know try and get outside the big urban areas um, and, you know, go to small town Poland, you know, look look at, look at what mass is like on a Sunday, you know, in small town Poland. And, you know, you'll get a much, much better feel for it if you really want to understand Poland. You know, I, I occasionally talk to um, people from the, um, from the Foreign Office, the British Foreign Office and the Polish Embassy, you know, when they're starting. And that's the bit of advice I always give them. You know, a lot of the people you will meet um, and the circles you will move in, um will be in these kind of you know urban uh, built-up urban areas which are very very historical very interesting you can get fantastic cuisine there of course um and um uh, and you know that's obviously you know key people there but if you really want to understand poland and in particular if you really want to understand the current government you know get out to small town provincial poland um, and eat some pierogi
0: well, I I think that's a a fantastic advert for Poland. So if anybody's listening wants to go to um, Poland, I think you could um, not do worse than 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 follow the advice that you've just given. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. If people Brilliant. want to find out um, more about you, about your um, work at the university, where should they go to to find out more about you?
1: Okay, so um, I think the first thing, the best thing to do uh, is I, I have a blog uh, which um, I, uh, which where I try and write about the areas that I'm researching, but in a way that's that's accessible to um, non-academic audiences, and it's called um, it's got the incredibly original title of the Polish Politics Blog, okay, and it does exactly what it says on the tin, um, and I update that. Um, roughly once a month um, and i try and write about you know current events um from a, 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 an academic perspective but but obviously you know involves political commentary um uh, which which is you know accessible to people who are non-specialists and people who are non-academics and if you like what's on the blog um then you know i've got my email address there's my contact details at, at, at sussex you know my my, my home page where you can find out you know my my, my sort of slightly less easily digestible work that I do in, in my research. Or, you know, I'm always happy. I, always, I do always try and respond to, to emails, um, uh, you know, if anybody wants to ask me any questions about what's on the blog or if you want to comment on it, you know, I always do try and respond to comments as well. So I think that's, you know, that, there's one, one way into my work. It's the the Polish Politics blog with my name, Alex Stradebiak. You won't find many Stradebiaks, apart from the basketball player, Wally. Um, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll track me down fairly
0: easily. Excellent. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at... The Debated Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.